This week's episode of Fever Talk is brought to you by... The Shipwrecked Kickstarter! That's right! What a surprise! I can't believe this improv game has brought this around <laughs> to us! Uh, yes, uh, just go to aaronfever.com to find the link or details to our Kickstarter for the, the new fourth volume of Shipwrecked. Also, extra bonus stuff like a cool mini-anthology drawn by some of the artists of the past in Shipwrecked's history. And also George Cambadise, who hasn't done Shipwrecked, but other cool comics with me. Uh, and then, uh, or you could also go to shipwreckedcomic.com for the same information. The Kickstarter link is not as easy to say out loud and for you to f- write down, so I'm not giving you either of those, either, either of that. That one thing. I'm not giving you either <laughs> of that one thing. It's been a long week, guys. Yeah. And now on with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're actually sponsored by a real thing this week because it's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we're going to talk about that quite a bit on this episode. But I should, I guess we should probably start at the beginning. Okay. Uh, with our last past week, mm. which is why I'm tired and not really able to talk very well in our sticky opening number. Uh, we are just back from Dragon Con. I say just back. We arrived yesterday lunchtime. Late lunchtime. Like, yeah, it was about two. No, no, no. It's about 2 p.m. By the time we got home home? Maybe not by the time we got home, but like by the time we were in the taxi. Was it? Yeah. Alright. Not, not long after it, anyway. Hmm. I mean, it was about 4 p.m. by the time we fell asleep. No. It was like 5 when we fell asleep. Are you sure? Like 5, yeah. Okay. Either way, it was like nine when we woke back up again. Right, and then you went back to sleep, I'd say, around three, and it took me more like till four. Oh, really? Nine. You were up for that long? Yeah. Okay. 3 a.m. and 4 p.m. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we are tuckered out, to say the least. I actually feel amazing. Uh, I feel numb. But, well, I mean, you had a whole weekend of running around crazy and two weeks or three or four leading up to it of preparing the Kickstarter, which was a lot. Yeah. And then Dragon Con is not really a holiday for you. You're working. You're busy pretty much the whole time. Pretty much from, like, start of the day till the end of the day, yeah. Like, there's not a lot of downtime in an average uh, Dragon Con day. So... Let's give people a, an idea of what the average Dragon Con day looks like. For you. S- for me. So I wake up a- between 8 and 9 a.m. Um, I get ready. Um, and I try to get to the uh, Artist Alley sometime between 10 and 11. It opens at 10 a.m. But I feel like it's very quiet for that first hour. So as long as I can get there by about 11, I'm there in time. So, uh, so I'm a little bit later than that. Um, and then I'll be there until about five, unless I have panels to be at. And that happened a couple times. Um, I had a, a panel to go to on Friday, and I had two panels to go to during the day on Saturday. That meant I was almost not at my table at all until about 3 p.m. on the Saturday. Um, but then I'm at my table, and then between five and seven, I'm trying to get some food. <laughs> be I get ready because at seven o'clock I'll have a big 
panel show to do. So I had the quiz shows on Friday and Sunday. After the both quiz shows, I had another show that I was doing, which was on, on Friday we did an improv show. And then on Sunday we did uh, the karaoke, tag team karaoke. Uh, I'm on stage for the entire amount of time for both of all those mm-hmm. things. Um, and on the quiz, sh- and on the Saturday night we had the concert, uh, which was a two and a half hour show, which I wasn't on stage all the time for, but I was kind of doing stuff for. Um, so that was kind of, you know, they're long periods of time. And then, so you get out of those things and maybe like back to your hotel by about 10 and then you try and talk to some friends for an hour or two. And then I'm falling asleep at around midnight mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to do it all again the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, for doing that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then half a day on on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it takes it takes it takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we did all that. We 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 arrived on Wednesday to kind of. Um, get acclimatized but we arrived late on Wednesday night you okay? yeah you seemed like you kind of zoned out on me there for a minute I bit. didn't zone out <laughs> uh, yeah we arrived yeah we arrived late on Wednesday <laughs> it's true <laughs> Um and then so we we kind of just got in we we said hello we ate something and then we fell asleep yeah yeah, we ordered room service. I didn't even say hello to anyone because I didn't even feel. Like That's I right. Could. Yeah, you were just like, I gotta <laughs> yeah, fall asleep. Yeah, like, I was, that was super it. tired and didn't sleep on the plane at all. Not that it, not that it really even was proper sleeping. Oh, oh, because yeah, when it was ten p.m. Atlanta time, it was three a.m. Irish time. Yeah. So I was actually very tired with good reason. Yeah, because yeah. you hadn't slept on the plane at no, all. No, not at all. Uh, but we had a very nice flight over. I've n- I've never had a flight that good. It was American Airlines, and it was just a freaking open bar party. Mm. I mean, when you say open bar, I'm sure they probably would have cut you off at a certain amount of drinks. I'm sure they would have, but they asked me four times if I wanted a drink. I only said yes twice, which I thought showed incredible respect. <laughs> but they, maybe you would have fallen asleep if you said yes the third maybe, time. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but 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 then what I had when I like woke up from the sleep it would have been terrible because you get dehydrated on planes anyway especially yeah. when you're sleeping like this with your mouth wide open so to have like another wine another red wine on top of that i think would have been bad that's fair but yeah they came by four times and i kept thinking they were gonna like bill me for these drinks at some point but four possible free drinks and my vegan meal was fantastic yeah, we, we had pre-checked the thing to, to get you a vegan dinner. Yeah, thank uh, you. You did that. Because I, for some reason, every time I've tried to do that, I was, have been unable to. <laughs> well, you have this thing, though, when you try and do a thing on a website that... I get so frustrated so easily. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck this. Or I just, I'm just like, it's not working. Yeah, you give up like like that. Yeah, like, I do, yeah. I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, the flight over was pretty cool. The flight back was pretty awful. So you had some issues when you got your first drink. When I got my first drink. Well, first of all, it was that thing of, so they, once again, vegan meals. So they served me first and I went up to go to the bathroom to change my tampon because it was the first day of my period. And, you know, if anyone's like me, the first day, like you're fucking changing it a lot or you're having a real problem. 
And it's just, yeah, I was happy we were close to a bathroom. So yeah, I go to the bathroom and then I come back and like the tray is down and my food is there. And thank God I had you because if I was flying alone, I genuinely would not know what to do in that situation. Cause I don't think I would have been capable of like picking up a tray and seating myself. You th you're looking at me like that's crazy. Wait, you think that's possible? I think that's real easy. Really? Yeah, you just pick up the tray and you sit down. Really? Yeah. See, because I panicked and I think I woke you up and I was like, help. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I do remember waking up and like, I guess like picking up your tray or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you just like, held it for a second. So yeah. I just sit down. I don't think I could have ma managed that. That's amazing. I'll I'll teach you sometime. The next yeah. time we're on a plane, yeah. I'll teach you my hot maneuver. I was really scared. But then, that, that was, I mean, that ended up being fine. But I missed the bar cart, very sadly. So that was really sad. But then they came, but then, like, she was kind of floating through. And they, they weren't offering drinks like the American Airlines flight was. They, like, never right. really, I guess they offered one that I missed. And then, after that, I just saw the, the, the lady flying, <laughs> flying through. And I asked her for one, and so I got it. And I poured my glass of red wine because I you'd like to pour the whole thing out at once. Like that's if I get like a, a you know little bottle of red wine, which they give you, I like to pour the whole thing out at once. And then very intense turbulence started. Real bad turbulence, yeah. like proper like, oh this like planes in trouble sort of like turbulence. Yeah. Cause I remember like the, cause again I was falling in and out of consciousness cause I was so tired yeah. and I slept pretty much the whole flight. But I remember looking up a couple times and seeing um the uh, flight attendants like look panicked, and like going like I can't do this I can't do this and like moving their carts back. Yeah 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 yeah. So I don't think they were panicked for the actual like for their actual safety, but it was no, just but like, like trying yeah, to do their job. They, they were like they just couldn't yeah. do it under that like sort of heavy turbulence. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's uh, luckily enough that's never happened to me before that I had a food food or drink spill everywhere on a plane, but this time it did happen. Yeah. And my fucking red wine was going everywhere. I remember just looking over and seeing you like put your hand over the glass to try and contain it, but it was just going everywhere because like it was a kind of a wide glass and you couldn't get your whole hand over it yeah and if i was if i was lucid at all i would have tried my best to try and just like macgyver like a way of keeping it but it was already too late really it was like, too late it had gone everywhere all over my tray i had already eaten most of my food but it like if i hadn't it would have gone all over all of my food yeah and just all like all over my tray but the weird thing was i still had most of like my wine like most of it wasn't gone like that was only about a third of it that was gone but yeah, that was bad. And then I remembered that video you showed me with the dinosaur, like how um, it's harder to move an object in. A oh yeah. yeah. So when we say dinosaur, we should probably clarify <laughs> that for people. It's a toy dinosaur. Yeah, there was like a there was a video going around on Twitter of basically a trampoline, and they had sat a dinosaur on the trampoline, and then they had basically dropped a bowling ball onto the trampoline. And when the trampoline was like brought down heavily from the bowling ball, they showed in slow motion how for a very long time the dinosaur didn't move. It just right. stood there in midair like a right. wily e. coyote in a, in a Roadrunner cartoon. So now I thought following that principle, and maybe it's not even following that principle, but then at the second round of like intense turbulence, it was still within the same like 10 minutes or whatever, but there was sort of yeah. two like really intense rounds. 
I was like, okay, I just have to, I can't fight where it's going. I like have to follow the line. You have to go with it, yeah. I have to go with it. And so that's what I did. And I don't know if that really helped or it was just there was much less fluid in the cup this time because I had lost all of it the first time. But it it did. I think there's a method to it. I think there's a method to it. I mean, as a man who has prided himself in the past for falling with a drink in my hands and not spilling a drop. I know there is an art to moving with it so that you yeah. kind of keep the liquid relatively like unmoved inside yeah, the glass. Yeah, so I just kind of went with it the second time. Yeah. And that was better. Because you ever, you ever see when they, uh, if you hold a chicken and uh, the chicken at rest, its head will be in a certain spot. If you move the chicken around, the head doesn't move. <laughs> this is a, it's a weird phenomenon. But basically, like let's say like there's a grid... And the chicken's head is in one square. Yeah. Even though you move the chicken around a reasonable distance. If you move it too yeah. far, the, the head's going to go. But if you move it a reasonable distance around, the, the head, chicken's head won't leave that square. It right. Will, but the, even though the, like the body would, it doesn't go with the body. The chicken's yeah. head just has like a separate like yeah. axis that so it's on. So there's something about them that they want to keep their head at a fixed point. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck it happens. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> Uh, I'll show you a video later. Look up videos, chicken heads moving. I don't know how you're the fuck, I don't know how you're gonna find it, but do it. Um, I'm not gonna give you any other links on the website this time, <laughs> apart from my Kickstarter. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure you can find a chicken head video if you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so big thing on at DragonCon weekend was doing shows, uh, being at my artist alley table, and the hopes of doing both of those things was to kind of promote this kickstarter i was going to dragon con anyway because I've, this is my 12th dragon con now so i go all the time uh but i was hoping to kind of make these things coincide in hopes that like there would be like a promotional runoff from my time there to my kickstarter and then i remembered very quickly that i'm irish and i find self-promotion very difficult yeah. Yeah, no, I would too. Um, and but that's because so, I'm also Irish. Yeah. American. What was the, what was the the percentage you got in your DNA test? Seventy six. Seventy six percent Irish. Yeah. For me, it turned out I was one hundred percent that, that bitch? bitch. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So our kids will be, you know, they'll be like, what? What is that? Like thirty eight percent Irish, like fifty percent that bitch. Yeah. And the rest English. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I had a panel, a comics panel that I spoke, uh, with Chandra Free, who's a great comics artist and writer, um, at DragonCon, we're friends, and so we did this panel together, where basically we tried to talk about, like, the reality of, you know, your first five to ten years, you know, in trying to break into comics. And this was your only panel that I missed? Yeah. So who else was there? Was it just the two of you? Just the two of us oh, talking about it, yeah. Cool. I had looked into maybe getting another person. I would have liked to have a person of colour. Um, but uh, not a lot of people of colour in the artist alley at Dragon Con. And also none that I knew. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to kind of arrange that with trying to get everything else done at the same time. So next time hopefully I can make that a little bit better. But anyway... Um, was the, the idea was just to try and give people like the the reality the reality of of those early years because people 
hear all the time about like, yeah, I worked in, I made comics for like 10 years before I ever broke in and all that kind of stuff. But you don't hear too much about, okay, but you're going to have to keep your day job. You're going to have to try and balance this. Here's who the money is like, you know, responsible for like, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we, I tried to kind of aim it at that. Um, does Chandra have a day job though or is she on and off she'll okay. have a day job and sometimes she won't okay. so she even mentioned in the panel she says like you know a while ago I kind of needed a stable money coming in so I just tried doing a dog walking job mm. like for a while and she says like but honestly like that actually physically to- took so much out of me um, that by the end of the day when I got home I couldn't really get much work or any work done yeah because you know uh, you know it takes a while she said, she said it takes about three days to fully you know art a comic page yeah and if you're three full days work like three pretty much days. she's like she, yeah. Yeah, three, three 12 hour days oh, really geez. like um, and uh, and that would be colouring and, and drawing and illustrating oh, and all okay. that kind of stuff so. Right. so not just one aspect but colouring no but drawing. both because yeah. that's what she does mostly is usually both from yeah. her projects um, and uh, yeah so she says like you know if you're, if you're most of those days are eaten up that's a long long time before you're going to get one of those pages done so she says she couldn't really kind of keep it up but because she doesn't have a day job she doesn't have steady money coming in and, you know, she's reliant on the gig culture of, you know, art and comics art. So commissions are a huge help, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But again, that takes away from your time from doing pages if you're being commissioned to do pages for comics. And so we're just trying to basically kind of give that out there to people who are just starting out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just that kind of like that practical knowledge, I guess. Mm-hmm because you hear a lot about technical side people talk a lot about early technical mistakes that you make with comic books but nobody really talks about the the, the, the real life impact of making comics at the beginning and that's so important like if en- for anyone who wants any kind of career in art or entertainment like of course technique and all of that stuff is super important but this sort of practical living stuff I think it doesn't get talked about enough yeah so I, I kind of did that panel because I wanted to talk about it but then also I thought like okay well you know it's also an avenue for me to talk more about my comics mm-hmm. because I spend most of my time at the show at Dragon Con if I'm not at my table doing comedy shows where I don't mention yeah. any of that sort of stuff I'm really sorry I missed that panel it's okay. You it was a busy day. I yeah. literally ran to that you panel. You did, and that's why from the beginning I was like, oh, I'm probably not gonna want to run. Yeah. And also, I had a friend to meet, so I met her. Exactly. Uh, but I, I at that panel, that was a prime time for me to say like, I have a Kickstarter. Yeah. But I felt gross doing it. Yeah. I did not feel comfortable, like you know, because I thought like, okay, I'm actually here to try and give people advice. So me taking up that time to like say like, hey, I've got this Kickstarter, please consider backing it, like felt wrong. But that's also part of showing the truth of like what it is to be starting out making comics. Like you have like you have to spend a certain amount of your time doing that. Yeah. And I'm sure you like made a joke of it and it was all very meta. Well, I, I, I did mention that I'm I'm making a Kickstarter. Yeah. Like uh, I mentioned it. But I didn't oh, that's go. That's it. You didn't really. Not in depth. So not... you didn't even do like a jokey plug, like oh, shameless plug. Like you didn't even. No, I said or... like you know, like I said like if you come over from a table, I'll I'll ask you, I'll tell you about my Kickstarter because I don't want to mention it here because I'm not like a shill. Uh, and then Chandra was like, I am totally a shill. I will tell you all about my <laughs> Kickstarter now. 
And she was right to, and I was kind of envious of her being able to go like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking sell you this. See, my parents asked me if I would shill for you, like, like while you were at your table. They were like, do you? And they were half joking, but also kind of like half serious. They're like, you know, you should go over to his table and just like act like you've never seen his comics before, and just be like, oh my god, this is a, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, do you guys see this over here? <laughs> Hello, person I've never met. Do you like my comic books? Oh my god, they're the best I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't think that, like, sometimes there's a real, there's an arse to uh, table control at mm. panels, uh, not mm. panels, sorry, at, at the conventions. Yeah. Um, because sometimes having a person at your table talking to you from, yeah. the, other, from the other side of the table um, will make someone else go, oh, yeah. I wonder what's over here. Yeah. But at the same time. You really need that person talking to you to be like totally to the side. Yes. So that the people walking by can see what's at the table and also feel comfortable also coming over. Right. And that that would be hard for you this time because you had you were sharing a table, so you didn't have much space. I didn't have space. a lot of space, no. But also, thank you for mentioning that, because that's something like there there was a lot of stuff. Um and maybe we'll talk about it more at a later date. Like, I, I enjoyed the time of Dragon Con. I, I love seeing you perform and everything. But there was a lot of stuff that is just awkward for me. Right. Like, uh, just being around, like, as this tag-along Sue. Like, it's just, I feel, like, weird a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I kept wanting to say a spare tit, but I'm not a spare tit, because that would always be, like, three as a crowd. So I don't know what I want. A tag-along Sue. So I... But Can we call her tag-along Terry? <laughs> No, it's Tagalog Sue. Is I'm it? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I mean, right. I, Becky and I came up with it. Like, All right, fair know, enough. Well, I, then I can't mess with you that. You can't mess with that. No. It's canon. So, but like, I often feel weird if I'm just going to say, hi, going and saying hi to someone at their table. I always am very aware of like, I don't want to take up too much time here or take time away from someone 100%. who's actually going to spend money. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's the thing too. Yeah. Because what your ideal scenario is, is that you can chat to someone at your table Someone pops along, and that person immediately knows, right, I'm out, bye. Yeah, right, totally. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately, not, uh, and I whispered that, so in case the mic didn't pick it up, <laughs> I said, like, I'm out, goodbye. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Just like kind of giving the head nod. And, like, yes, it's like, I see you've got someone yeah. at the table, I'm going to go. Um, the, the worst thing that can happen, and, and often does happen, is that... Uh, people may even like step aside and let someone else look, but they'll continue to talk to you. And that's tough. Mm. You know, because you want to be good to the person talking to you, but also like, excuse me, I want to try and make a sale. Right, right. Uh, and there's a thing too as well, that sometimes people don't, like people who come to your table don't want to talk to you. Yeah, that's true. That, and that's something I find really hard about those situations too, that... A lot of times, uh, and and uh, you, people who are in situations like this selling their stuff probably hate people like me. But a lot of times, I do just want to look like yeah. it's caught my eye, and I I want to look, but I it's, I probably don't want to buy anything. And so just me being sensitive to that makes me not really look at anything unless I'm really going to want to buy. But I do think that's how people prefer it. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I the way I try and do it is I, I, cause I, I know that feeling of lo wanting to browse a table. Yeah. And wanting to be left alone to do it. Yeah. So I can make my own mind up if I want to get something or not. Yeah. 
Um, and if I have a question, I'll ask. Right. Um, but if someone's pushy with me, like, hey, why don't you try this, why do that? My instant reaction is to, like... Get away. Get away, yeah. yeah. Like, go away. Like, oh, leave me yeah. alone. Uh, and so I, I'm more likely not to buy from someone's table if they're pushy with me for sales. Uh, but I know with other people, a pushy person will talk them into a sale. Yeah, but it's that right level because, yeah, I would I would be more likely if someone was pushy, I would just want to get away as soon mm. as possible because I would feel like I know I'm setting myself up for an awkward situation in case I don't want to buy anything. Right. But also, I would be put off too if I came over to the table and the person whose table it was was just talking to their friend and completely, like, didn't seem to give a shit. Like, we're not even put off, but just not very likely to engage and then therefore not very likely to buy anything. Yeah, well, the way I do it is, is that like if I look up and try and make eye contact with a with a seller mm. and they continue to chat to their friend. Yeah. Bah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm out. Totally. Um but I completely get someone chatting to their friend, but if I if they see me and I'm like, hey, I'm holding yeah. a thing, yeah, look at me and they continue to ignore me, then they you know, I'm out. But yeah. like if they do see me and like they they go, Oh yeah, hi, how are right. you? I'm like, Yeah, right. I like to get this then that's then that's perfect like table etiquette yeah yeah I agree I agree uh, but um, with all that in mind so I kind of tailor my I try and tailor, tailor my table experience with how I like to be treated mm-hmm. so what I tell folks if I see them kind of looking at the thing but they're just looking like hands free I always say to them like hey if you want to look inside feel free like have mm-hmm. a look open up the book and read inside that's cool with me because I know some people are worried not to pick something up because they might get given out to for yeah. flicking through the book or whatever like that. Yeah. So I want to let them know, hey, it's okay to look inside and stuff like that. That's that's cool at my table. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of just leave it at that. And if they say like, okay, cool. Yeah, this, uh, they might say like a random like thing like, you know, these look nice or whatever. They're not asking me a question. Mm-hmm. But they've left me open. Right. So I say like, yeah, like, thanks very much. Feel free if you want me to like tell you anything about them. You know, if you want like a, a synopsis of the comics, what they're about. Like, again, just ask. And that's something I'll also do instantly if I see someone look at the back of a comic. Mm-hmm. Because I know what they're doing is they're looking for the synopsis. Right, right. Now, only one of my comics has one. Yeah. <laughs> something I've realized I need to fucking sort out for the future. Which one has it? Uh, Frozen Waste. Okay. And only because Claire Foley, the artist on that book, was fu- she was the one who put the book together for, mm. for print. And she was kind of like, she knew. Yeah. People want to read a synopsis on the back. And yeah. she said to me, like, write a synopsis for the back. Mm-hmm. Um, all the ones that I kind of organized the printing of, even when I went through a designer, I never wrote it. And I, sh- mm. and I fucking should. Mm. And I know I'm stupid. And I've done it now with, like three different books mm. and I haven't written the synopsis on the three of them up yet so like that's that's something I'm 100% starting out for volume three of Shipwrecked and hopefully volume four as the Kickstarter right. gets funded uh, because this is what people do naturally yeah it has allowed me to start a conversation with them yeah and that's what I'm kind of wondering I'm like I'm, I wonder from like from a design point of view I, I get that it is a good idea but from selling at tables, I don't know how much it's actually going to help you sell at tables to have a synopsis. Because if they don't have a synopsis, I'd say then you're more likely to pick it up and flip through, and then therefore more likely to 
be interested? Um, it depends on how good your synopsis is. Mm. If your synopsis sounds interesting, yeah, then they'd yeah. be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. And what a synopsis is a good way of just having a guaranteed good pitch. Mm. Whereas, like, sometimes if I'm describing to somebody, like, I'll say it differently every time because yeah. I don't remember exactly the words I use yeah. as the last time. And sometimes it will hit people and sometimes it won't. So, like, it gives me it gives me options because there's a synopsis in the back. They'll have that. And I might be able to throw in a couple, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, but you know you have something well-written and clear. Yeah, there's something there that might grab someone's attention. Um, so, yeah, so there's, there's, that's, a, that's a thing. Um, but, yeah, they're the, kind of the only things I'll really say to people. I'll be like, feel free to look through if you want. There's no problem there. Um... And I'm more than happy for people to take a read. That's kind of the, my opening gambit. And the second one is, is like, if you want a synopsis on anything, if you want to know what any of them are about, just ask and I'll let you know. And they'll usually go like, yeah, what's this one about? And I'll say like, okay, this is my sitcom in space, which is mm. Shipwreck. That's always how I open with Shipwreck. Yeah. This is my sitcom in space. Um, it's about uh, the accounting department on the ISS Bowie. These things usually perk people's ears up. They say, here's a common space. You're kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. They think accounting department, that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And then the ISS Bowie, you're like, oh, I like David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of when I can kind of go deeper with them if they're into it. Or if not, I'll say like, and this one over here, this is my blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but yeah, so uh, what was fun this time around at Dragon Con was, again, trying to p- push the kickstarter i had these postcards printed up with like an invitation to the kickstarter yeah they were so cute and um that was done because i know i'm not the greatest at doing it in person Mm. so i was hope what what was happy was like free postcard and they go oh this looks good pick it up and they always not automatically without fucking fail they all looked at the back Mm -hmm. and they read it and they were like huh and I usually made a joke of like, haha, see, I tricked you. Yeah. I drew you in with the free stuff, but then I was like, hey, there's my Kickstarter. And they were like, oh, no, that's pretty clever. I like that. It's good. So like there was a bit of, bit of rapport there. I don't know how much of that worked, but we'll see. It's hard to gauge who came from the, from the, from the postcards and who didn't. But I made like 50 postcards. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I could have made a hundred and handed them out on more shows that I did. I only really handed them out at the one on Sunday night. Yeah. Because I know the Sunday nights are kind of a good crowd for me. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I probably could have printed two hundred and handed them out at those shows because there's enough of those people coming. Yeah. But I felt weird about handing them out. Yeah, but so, because you had put a lot of them on the chairs, and I think, like, you know, I think some people definitely picked it up, and then, like, I pointed it out to a couple of people, I think, like, hey, this is for this. But I think if you handed it to someone, that makes it more personal, and they're, they more connect it with you. Like, oh, this guy, like, I love watching him perform. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, yeah, I, that, that's the thing, it's... There's a lot of lessons to be learned from this. Oh god, and there's a million other things that you were thinking about at the time. Yeah, but I think I think that I think yeah, you're right. I think I don't know if them f- coming to our show and finding a gift on their seat mm-hmm. would, like you said, be connected as much as if I was like 
as they were coming in or as they were mm. lining up or whatever I went like hey guys so here's a free like print for me like this is my like webcomic I hope you like it blah 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 but I bet a lot of people who are fans of yours would make the connection I think it's just if they weren't already because you do have a lot of fans at Dragon Con which I always notice and I always enjoy it um but yeah no if they're already a fan I think it's super helpful because then it's just like oh good and now they have this physical reminder like on them yeah but I think there's a certain level of fan that will know about my comics because at Dragon Con I'm kind of more known for oh yeah my comedy yeah and so I think a lot of my fans at Dragon Con wouldn't even know that they make comics right which is why it's a, a good thing yeah, if I had that. Yeah, because they'll still see your name on it. Like, they'll still yeah. make that. Connection. Well, I don't know. If I, I, in hindsight, again, I don't know if I actually have, like, Aaron Fever on the back of the postcard. Oh, it is. Is it? I yeah. thought I thought it was, like, the shipwrecked crew is what I wrote on it. No, no, but your name is definitely on there. Like, there's... Oh, it's definitely Are on there. Are you sure? Yes. Yes, well, because ironfever.com is on there. That's on my, that's on my card as my business card. No, no, your name is definitely on there. Okay. If, if it wasn't, I, I would Anybody who has that postcard print. Yeah, tell us what it says. Wait, so you don't have... Because you gave them all away, so we don't have one anymore. I don't have one. I don't have one here. I can go look up the print file that I made for it and probably yeah. see, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I, so again, lessons learned and stuff, and also, you know, that, oh, that, that thing that always happens is I wish I could have done more. But, you know, like you said... I was so under pressure and so stressed out trying to just do my day job and mm. get this Kickstarter ready in time before the convention. I literally submitted the Kickstarter like the night before we flew out and we were flying out the next morning. So like 12 hours before we flew out, yeah. I submitted the Kickstarter. Yeah. It got approved. I was like, okay, I'm not going to launch it while I'm in transit. Yeah. But when I get there on the Thursday, I have the whole day there Thursday, I'm going to launch it then and try and promote it. And again, even in hindsight, I'm not even entirely sure that, that was the right move. But with that in mind, trying to get all that done and get ready for the show, I I there was there's a million things I probably if I if I had more time, I would have done uh, to promote it again. But so far, it, I, I should I hopefully I have nothing to regret yeah hopefully hopefully um, because and that's where you come in <laughs> then that's where you come in dear listener because uh, so far we're we're doing okay um, we have over 700 euros raised mm-hmm. I'm speaking in euros I know when, depending on where you look at the website it might say dollars or it yeah. might say pounds or whatever else but it's seven hundred over seven hundred euros raised of a three thousand two hundred goal. Yeah. Which means we're you're above you're between twenty and twenty five percent. Yeah, between twenty yeah. and twenty five percent uh, of the way there, which is great. Yeah. Um, you know, um, that's kind of a good. If we can keep that momentum going, right? We should be funded, and everything should be fine. Um, and you know, having been away, I haven't had a lot of time to push it in other ways. Right. Like I had the Dragon Con to push it there. Now that I'm back, I have lots of other internet ways to push it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot more promotion that I can do now that I'm in front of my laptop and, and all that kind of jazz. Plugging it on your podcast. Plugging on my podcast, for example. 
um, this thing here that you're listening to, please go to ironfever.com where you can download this episode and all our other episodes of Fever Talk, but also go to the link for the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter link will be in the description of this episode. Um, but you can you can go uh, you can go further in your in promotional efforts now, or I can anyway. Um, than when I was in person. Oh, can I make a special promotional thing for people for podcast listeners who do it? Sure. So can they make a can they when they donate on Kickstarter? Can they like make a comment? I think so. Okay. Well, so if you're a listener and you contribute on Kickstarter, make a comment somewhere. Whether it's like I um, I know a lot of people get the link from our Facebook or wherever you can make a comment. Just well, I'll I'll see the backers. Okay. So if you leave, you can leave a comment on the Kickstarter page itself. Mm-hmm. So if you've backed it and you comment on the Kickstarter page, I will personally write you a limerick. Oh. And then say it, recite it on a future podcast. Okay. Do you want to let them like pick the subject of the limerick? It's gonna be them. Oh, they they are gonna be the subject. Yeah, of the unless limericks. you want, unless you do want another subject, then you can pick the subject. I'm okay. just gonna write it about the individual. But no, no, you can whatever you want. Whether, yeah. whether it be you or but don't feel like it can't be you. That's what I want to write about. I want right. to write so about you. The, but if you're really uncomfortable with that, then you just choose any subject, and I will right. write a limerick about it, and I will say it. I'll recite it on the next podcast. So that's a special reward. For our Fever Talk listeners. Alright, so to make sure that this is going to the right people, mm-hmm. if you listen to our episodes on Fever Talk, yeah, and you, I'll even let this apply to people who have already backed the project. Yes, absolutely, of course. Just leave a comment on the Kickstarter page. Saying, or any page that we could see. No, I say Kickstarter page. Oh, okay. Kickstarter okay. page only. Okay. All right. So you have to go to the Kickstarter that you've mm-hmm. that you've already gone to, mm-hmm. and then leave a comment saying um, uh, hashtag mm-hmm. uh, Darcy Limerick. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And anyone who has a hashtag Darcy Limerick in a comment, we will make sure that they will get a personalized Limerick from Darcy. Yes. On a future episode of Fever Talk. Yes. Uh, perfect. All Yay. right. That is a special, a special gift to them. A special promotion. Doesn't matter what level they back the Kickstarter. No, up. could be one dollar. Speaking of, there is a level of the Kickstarter, which is the highest tier. The highest tier, and it was my idea. And now I feel like it was a poor one because no one's taken it yet. But we've we've kind of heard from some people about why they haven't taken it. Yeah. So the the idea is that at a level hundred, you can um hundred dollars, whatever your hundred euros. I don't know. I don't know how that it would works. be less than a hundred euros. Would it be? Yeah. Okay. Um. So something euros, which is less than a hundred. <laughs> Uh, you can it's our highest tier you can be a guest on our podcast I think that sounds fun now I think that could be very useful for anybody who wants to promote their own shit yes Uh, so you'll basically have like a 45 or so episode like 45 minute episode uh, podcast to plug your own shit if you wanted to Mm -hmm. so it's good buying advertising space yeah but also as well, if you just wanted to shoot the breeze, just shoot the shit with us for a little bit, that's good too. You could, the subject can be for whatever you want it to yeah. be about. Um, but you, like, basically we would have you on our podcast and we would chat to you. 
Um, I now we've spoken to our, our, our good friend Hal uh, Mayo, who uh, listens to. Uh, I don't know if he actually listens to the no, podcast. No, that was his point. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> and not that he, not just that he doesn't, but that he can't. That he's tried. Not that he doesn't. No, not that he doesn't like us. That's but, funny. No, I'm interested. No, 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 yeah. He's, he was saying he can't really listen to people talking podcasts because he tends to listen to stuff while at work. Like that's when he would turn it on. Oh, and okay. he says he's tried at work to listen to podcasts of people talking and it, he just ends up not and I get this like because when you're really focused on something else oh, yeah. for example work you know he just misses all of it yeah no I'm just I, yeah. that's the reason why I can't listen to uh, Welcome to Night Vale mm-hmm. because I usually listen to podcasts in the background a little bit yeah and I want to be able to, be, to have the choice to zo- zone out a little bit if right. it, and sometimes if, it's, if you're just talking about silly subjects or whatever that's fine uh, but in Welcome to Night Vale where it demands your attention yeah, um, and then you find yourself being like, wait, yeah. wait, wait, what? And then you have to go back, and then it just gets but frustrating. was it not him that maybe he was talking about Jen, about the fact that, like, they would be scared to be on a podcast and talk? Yeah, he was saying Jen would be scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jen would be like, oh, God, oh, don't talk to me. Yeah, like, you know, like, stage Hal, fright. I was saying to Hal, like, you don't have to, like listen to be honest <laughs> like no but i guess like yeah but like i can understand someone having stage fright about yeah, being on a podcast yeah, too but i don't not, think that's his case no but i think he was saying that would be jan's yeah, case all right yeah um but yeah well i mean that's the thing it was it was a tear that we threw out there well if nobody takes nobody takes that's fine yeah. that means we don't have to do a podcast yeah. uh but uh, it would be it would be fun to do one i think i think it'd be cool um, but yeah, if anybody else has an idea for yeah. a reward for back in the podcast, do let us know. Um, we're very open to trying a bunch of different things. We put up there what we thought was kind of the most obvious and also the kind of most likely to be wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, the kind of, you know, a popular one has been get yourself drawn into the comic. Yeah. I think there's probably more things like that that we can do. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we've limited that to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's only so many opportunities to get yourself drawn into mm-hmm. a comic book. There's only so much you can ask. Yeah, um, and uh, I've already like started thinking about like the way we can kind of you know make that happen for mm. everybody. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm so- one of them too. So you know, I, I'm I'm willing to sacrifice mine if somebody else <laughs> wants it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I'm interested to see what people w- would like to have as a reward uh, that might get them excited about, you know, donating a little bit more to the to the Kickstarter. Uh, this is on pretty new territory to me. I did do a Kickstarter before, years ago, um, for a documentary that I was looking to make with JJ Hawkins. Um, the two of us put a lot of effort into it, but we had a lot of help in creating tiers and everything else for the Kickstarter. Darcy's playing with a pen. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, in case anyone heard something fall in the background. Um, but yeah, so this is a very different feeling this time around because it is, it is just me. It's not mm. me doing it with anybody else. I know I have the help of all the great artists who are working on Shipwrecked with me, but, you know, they're they're doing their thing, Yeah. you know, and it's up to me to kind of run the Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how we get on, but um, I think I've said the word Kickstarter now a million fucking times, so um, I'm done with that. Kickstarter. <laughs> Kickstarter. Uh, but yeah, so um, do you have anything else you want to add for this week? No, I think all that's left to say is... He- he-
Boo. You went with Kickstarter? No, I went with Kickstarter. Ki- Kickstarter. <laughs> Not the same. I thought you were gonna say keep something. And oh, okay, like, fine. You want to try it again? No, I mean like. Okay. What? 